Oh, that music gets you pumped up, doesn't it? My name is Harper. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode. We're so excited. The first ever episode of Tokyo Daily by Where Do We Begin? Whether you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can see these fancy graphics all around us. It looks super cool, doesn't it? Or you're listening on your favorite podcast app, just like usual, or you're a new listener. Whatever situation you're in, we are delighted to have you here. As I said, my name is Harper. I'm one of the co-hosts today, one of my other co-hosts. Goes by the name of Lockie. How are you, Lockie? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Harps. You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit confused at the moment. You know, one of the reasons I got into podcasting is, is I didn't have to show my face, as uh, as my mum always said. I've got a face for podcasting. But you know, look, I'm good, and yeah, I'm just super excited. You know, it's great to see a familiar face, but then one not so familiar, Wacko Jacko Jackson. So for those that don't uh, don't know, Jacko started off in the podcast. He was a pioneer of the podcasting game for us. And then yep. he stepped aside for the last couple of months, but now he's back to jump on board for the Olympics. And I know Harper and I were super excited. Jacko, how are we? Hey, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm well. Uh, bit keen for the Olympics. Love, love them. Um, very keen to get a few episodes down uh, with you guys back on the potty, so I'm very keen to go. Last time I was here was for Denver Granger a few months ago, but keen to go get a few episodes in this month. Oh, it is awesome. We are delighted uh, to have you here. We're delighted to have all the listeners, our uh, viewers here. It's really good. And Jackson is not the only uh, kind of new addition we've got to the, or kind of new addition, we've got to the uh, Where Do We Begin team over here for these uh, this fortnight. We actually have some really, really special guests, expert guests on a whole range of sports, uh, more than I can count. Um, really, I can only count to three, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, we've got one uh, really good guest at the end of the show, actually a cracking interview, so stick around for that. Um, but Lockie, do you reckon we should uh, get into a bit of a review of what's happened already? Because there have been two days worth of events already, haven't there? Yeah, there has Harper, and I think we all know the biggest talking point in Australia the last couple of days. It is, of course, you know, the 2032 Olympics, and I've just been seeing on social media a wave. I've been seeing 20... Hold on, I've got 22. a sound effect for that. It's the elephant in the room. There we go. Keep going, Lucky. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've been seeing like 22 million Australians partying and celebrating, and then I've seen about 7 billion, the other 7 billion people asking, where the hell is Brisbane? But look, <laughs> I'm just, I'm super excited. You know, I, I can't wait that so fortunate that we're going to have an Olympic Games um, in our country in our lifetime. I don't think I'll be there competing, but, you know, it'll be absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah, it is just going to be awesome. I think all, all three of us really share that opinion. Uh, just 11 years from now, the uh, clock's already ticking. The countdown is on to Brisbane 2032, uh, 3,000 days or whatever it is. But, um we're keeping this really uh, kind of snappy, this show. So we've got to move on to the next point. Opening ceremony, guys, in case you didn't know, it's tonight. I, I am pumped up. I'm really excited, really interested to see um, kind of how they do it all. Uh, because obviously no no crowds, just a bunch of officials and delegates, uh, including uh, the Queensland Premier, uh, <laughs> which has been in the news recently. Um, it's going to be from 9pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. We'll go for about three and a half hours tonight. So make sure you're tuning into that and you can see our flag bearers, of course, uh, Kate Campbell and Patty Mills. It should be awesome. Hey, Lockie. 
Yeah, mate, it's going to be absolutely uh, phenomenal. And it's really interesting, though, because I remember like speaking on our uh, podcast with like Brooks Stratton, like the athletics team doesn't even normally arrive for the opening ceremony anyway, So it's yeah. which I didn't realise that. So it's going to be a bit of a mismatch, but I'm super pumped and I'm sure Jacko is uh, too over there. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird one having no crowd there. I mean, we've sort of adjusted to having crowds back in Australia. Unfortunately, at the moment, we're all in lockdown, but... Yeah. <laughs> Even even um, watching the soccer the last few nights, they've had weird um, crowd noises in the background. So they sort of learned from Channel 7, I guess, here um, <laughs> to have their crowd noises in the back. Um, so it is going to be definitely weird, but I feel they'll have the crowd noises to sort of um, go through that. But they won't be panning to the crowd, for instance, which would be very, very weird. It'll just be focused on the performance. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that all the big networks in America and stuff have been watching the Channel 7 football just to uh, learn how to operate the crowd noises. And it's crazy, though, because... Exactly, exactly, Harpsy Boy. And it's just crazy, though, the fact that, like, the opening ceremonies on Friday, and I never realised this until I got a notification on my phone, but some events have already started. And so the first event yeah. that kicked off was the uh, the women's softball, and Japan beat Australia 8-1 with the mercy rule invoked. You know, I only thought the mercy rule was uh, in play in under-14s footy or under-12s footy, but at the Olympic <laughs> Games, it's just simply crazy. But it's good to see that the uh, the Aussie spirit have already bounced back against Italy, uh, beating them 1-0. And yeah, I'll just, they've now got a rest day, but it's just crazy how they've already gotten into their matches and events. Oh, yeah, it is absolutely nuts. They've got uh, five group stage games each. There are six teams, uh, Japan, the US, Canada, Australia, Mexico, and Italy in the softball. They all play each other. Top two go to the gold medal match. So it was absolutely crucial for Australia to beat Italy in that one. And losing to Japan, 8-1 is a bit of a drubbing, but losing to Japan wasn't really unexpected. They are a baseball, softball, mad nation. The second highest ranked uh, softball team in the world uh, and Australia I think they're eighth or something so there definitely is a big gap um, but good to see Australia getting the win in the second one uh, Jackson oh Lockie you go oh, yeah it. I was just going to say Harps I'll tell you what I reckon if we got uh, we sorry we sports baseball was released maybe two years earlier I would have oh. started it as a junior and I would have been out there playing so but look <laughs> it's okay I'm Zen Jacko <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another sport that kicked off um, early, which it always does in the Olympics. I found that out in like Beijing 2008, seeing the the soccer start off before the actual opening ceremony. But yes, both the Matildas and the Oliroos played um, over the last two nights. The Matildas getting off to a cracker, beating our trans-Tasman rivals, New Zealand, 2-1, with great goals from Tamika um, Yallop and Sammy Kerr with a great header. And then oh, the Oliroos winning 2-0 against Argentina, which is a bit of a shock but we are always back our Oli Roos. Um, very keen. You I saw the, the goal second from Marco Tilio, Jackson. The second goal oh. from Marco Tilio. He, he's come on within about 30 seconds, his second touch of the ball. He scores this absolute pearler from outside the box to seal oh, the game. It was amazing There's, to see. Yeah, amazing to see against the world powerhouses, Argentina. We'll find out in the interview a bit later that maybe Argentina aren't uh, cracked up. Um, uh, they aren't all that they're cracked up to be, really, and they're um, not maybe rated a bit too highly. Uh, but anyway, the, yeah, Jackson, you go for it, man. Yeah, in terms of the, the teams that the Matildas and the Oliers will play, so the Matildas still have to play US, who are a powerhouse, and Sweden, who we'll get into a bit later. Um, and then the yeah. Oliers have to play Spain, which are packed full of Euro 2020 
caliber players as such as Pedri, who killed in the actual tournament, he's still eligible to be an under 23s player, which is amazing to see. And that's like Egypt, who's kept mm. Spain to a stalemate, which is which is amazing. Neil Org draw, really, yeah. Definitely an interesting result. And I heard um, a little stat uh, that Daniel Olmo and Pedri, they both played the Euros for Spain. They've both played lengthy, lengthy club seasons. Combined, they've played over 120 games in the last 12 months, which is just extraordinary. Hey, lucky. Mate, absolutely crazy. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what I'm bringing to the podcast. You know, Jackson has the best memory in the world. He remembers the Olympics back in 2008 when he was 10. And Harper's bringing the provided the biggest microphone I've ever seen. I mean, Jesus, Harps, is that a double XL? It's a whopper. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a whopper, all right. I've usually got it on the stand just leaning across here, but decide to go handheld, mix it up a bit uh, for this episode. Um, but uh, some more kind of big news that has really come out. It's not so much to do with stuff happening on the field, more to do with stuff happening off the field. A show jumper and the equestrian, Jamie Kermont, an Aussie guy, 36 years old, uh, got a positive test for cocaine and he's been prov- provisionally suspended uh, from the, the game. So we're unlikely to see him uh, doing much in Tokyo, uh, which is a sad story, but um, we're probably not really our place to comment on that. So we'll move on. Um, there, there was a really interesting article I actually read. I know Jackson's checked it out as well. Lockie maybe even as well. He hasn't told me, uh, but it's on the Sydney Morning Herald and it's by uh, Chip Legrand. And he speaks um, about, well, he refers to this kind of um, uh, report from a data company called Grace Note. And uh, this is exclusive to the Sydney, Mor- Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. And they've got Australia winning 16 gold medals, a best uh, projected to be a best for us since Athens 2004, 40 medals overall and that it's just going to be an absolutely huge result hey jackson yeah it definitely will be um so it also shows i'm not saying it's going to happen actually but like <laughs> oh we're, we're hoping yeah. we're definitely hoping but we're hoping we're hoping realistically um but they did show what medals they think we are going to get gold silver and bronze in mm. the one that sort of surprised me which i will talk about a bit later um was the the rugby sevens women's they reckon we're going to get silver, but they didn't mention who would get gold. So I don't know what's going on there. I would love to hear who they got gold for that. And another yeah. really interesting one, a bit of a kind of breaking news at the time of recording, uh, Kaylee McEwen, uh, they, the data had her um, winning three gold medalists uh, and she's only 20 years old, which is absolutely nuts. But some kind of, kind of breaking news, I believe uh, if the reports are correct, she has pulled out of the 200 metre individual medley. She was the favourite for that. Jackson's shocked. He hasn't heard about this. Um, she, she was the favourite for that and she was like, yeah, absolute big dog of the swimming world. And she's uh, cited heavy workload really uh, competing in so many events she's pulled out in something that she was widely expected to get a medal in which is uh, astonishing news i mean it is her first olympics we should like be okay with that because let her let her try her hardest than the other two and uh let's see her get a gold hopefully yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well said, well said. And I know we spoke to uh, 10 athletes who are all going to be winning gold before the game, so that's at least 10 gold guaranteed there. So I reckon that article's on the uh, on the right track, Harps. Oh, 
Yeah, spot on. Uh, but actually, Lockie, uh, I think you might throw this next bit over to you. So uh, we've got a bit of a kind of moment of the game so far, a little section. Yeah, we, we do harp. We do harp. So obviously uh, in the future, as you said, we, we've got 10 goals, at least guaranteed. The article predicts 16, whereas whether there's 20, you know, I've run the numbers, I've run the analytics. But what's the best moment of the game so far, gentlemen? Now I'll start off with you, Jacko. What's your moment of the game so far? Yeah, so as I alluded to before, um, only two sports have been played so far, um, but the uh, USA versus Sweden game, USA powerhouses of women's football, got humbled by Sweden 3-0. Um, that was just astonishing to see. If you know how good the uh, the US soccer team are with the World likes of ones. Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, um, Charlie, uh, Carly Lloyd, and... Um, oh, I'm going to, um, uh, uh, just the, the, the right. superstars they have. Full of stars, yeah. Yeah, it's a team full of stars, and they got humbled 3 0. So that was uh, pretty astonishing to see. That is a big moment. Uh, and Australia's group opponents, of course, as well. well I've actually, uh, of course, there haven't been too many sports, so I've got a double dip on the football or the soccer, whatever you want to call it. I'll call it football. That's what the official term is in the Olympics. Uh, I, I, Jackson actually wanted to claim this one himself, but I, I, I got to it first. <laughs> Pulled rank. <laughs> so I, this, this is my moment of the games so far. So I'll tell you, for anyone that doesn't know soccer, football, football too well, you don't often see a team scoring three goals and losing a game of football. And you definitely don't see a team scoring three goals and losing a game of football by seven goals. So uh, Zambia are the 104th best national team in women's football. They came up against a Dutch side of Netherlands, of course, 100 places higher than them. Um, Barbara Banda fired in a hat-trick for the Zambians, uh, which was uh, <laughs> would have lived long in the memory, probably still will, except uh, the game ended on a bit of a sour note for uh, the Zambians. So the Netherlands, really, <laughs> they inflicted uh, the Zambians with their worst ever defeat. It was the highest scoring game in Olympic women's football history, and it was 10-1 with eight minutes to go before two goals from Barbara Banda. So it finished 10-3, just a crazy, crazy game. Lockie? Your favourite moment? Yeah, well, see, I thought a bit outside the square for this one. I think my favourite moment was even a couple of days before the game started was when the athletes first started arriving to the village and it was the beds, it was the cardboard beds. You know, I couldn't bloody <laughs> believe it. And then I couldn't believe it. There were so many different rumours sort of floating around that it was to stop athletes sharing a bed together. But our very own Rachel Lynch, she debunked that theory. She put up on her Instagram oh, yeah. yesterday, three of them standing quite comfortably on the bed. And it turns out that it's actually for environmental reasons that they've used the cardboard beds. But, you know, I just loved all the, uh, the rumours that were floating around then. So, yeah, that's probably my moment of the game so far. Mm, very, very interesting. Jackson. Yeah, um, so what we're going to do now is events we're sort of looking forward to. We are at the start of the Olympics, so I say start in brackets, um, with the Olympic ceremony going on tonight. Um, so what are your uh, events you're looking forward to, Lockie? Yeah, so it has to be the team, um, the Boomers Basketball Australia. You know, we've never medaled before, came so close in um, 2016, unfortunately losing in the bronze medal game. But, um, yeah, so I think just seeing them, you know, we've got such great NBA talent. We've got Paddy Mills, uh, Matty Delvadova, the recent uh, NBL signing, but with Matisse Thibault, uh, we've got such a great team and I'm just super keen to watch the uh, boys hopefully get a medal. But with the way that they've gone in the practice matches, you know, I don't think we're aiming for bronze. I think we're aiming for gold, which is just a great place to be. And what about yourself, Jacko? I'm interested to know your take on what you're, the event you're looking forward to. 
I mean, I am definitely keen for the basketball. I'm big in. I'm not huge into my NBA. I'm 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 all about it. So I'm very keen to see the basketballs hopefully go for gold. Um, but as I sort of alluded to earlier, the rugby sevens, our our ladies won um, gold last time. So can they back it up? That's what I'm really hoping for. Uh, Harps, what about yeah. you, mate? That's going to be absolutely fascinating. Now, some of the events on today, just for the before I answer the question, for the people, there, there aren't too many events on today because it is the day of the opening ceremony, but we can see some Aussies in action. Uh, in the archery, we've got Alice Ingley, uh, David Barnes, Ryan Tyak, and Taylor Worth in the kind of ranking rounds, and we've got uh, men's quadruple skulls and uh, women's double skulls for the Aussies, some other events as well that not involving Aussies, but who really cares about those, you know. But the, the event I'm looking forward to, of course, Lockie knows very well, our listeners know very well that I am the unofficial, uh, although I'd like to be the official, number one ticket holder of <laughs> water polo in Australia. It is a sport. It's the sport of dreams, really. It's the perfect sport, you know. It's like, I, I love it. I love it. And speaking of water polo, uh, Lockie, did you want to say something? I was just going to say, I reckon you're more of a mascot than the number one ticket holder at this stage, Harper, but you're definitely supporting the sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <I'll>, <laughs> Well, uh, one-man uh, cheer squad for water polo, by the looks of it. There aren't too many uh, prominent water polo figures in the media. And speaking of water polo, uh, Lena Mihailovic, our uh, very recent guest, um, if you can go check out that interview. It's actually really good looking, and I interviewed her. Um, she is starting. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's tomorrow, I believe. So we wish the best of luck to um, Lena Mihailovic and the Aussie Stingers uh, up against Canada. That will be an absolute cracker. But... Um, before we kind of talk about some more stuff, I'm going to throw over to an interview I did with a journalist at the Asian Game. Uh, he's actually a bit of a Japanese correspondent for this Tokyo Daily series. You'll find out where he is right at the start. He goes by the name of Scott McIntyre. He's a great guy. Enjoy this little interview, guys. Scott McIntyre, uh, welcome to the show, mate. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, how are you and where are you? Yeah, no, thanks for the invitation, firstly. Um, I'm in Tokyo, the Olympic City, which I've seen some uh, stories that the streets are deserted. So I came I came to the middle of Shibuya to show you the streets are not deserted. They're actually full of people. And it's important to remember that Tokyo is under a state of uh, emergency as well. So um, I'm not quite sure what form of emergency people are adhering to. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's not, um, it's not a particularly um, severe one. So... Yeah, I mean, the Olympics are going on, no supporters, but if you travelled on the train, um, the trains are packed. As you can see, the downtown areas of the city are, are packed as well, yet um, you know, I, I don't quite sure, I don't know how you can connect uh, that you can have 200 people on a, on a train carriage, but you can't have people safely spaced out um, at these Olympic events. But it's, yeah, one of um, many curiosities um, around the game and uh, probably around the whole um, a reaction to the pandemic in Japan, which is... Uh, a bigger topic that we don't need to get into. But, yeah, there's there's people out and about, but there won't be people um, in the sense of, certainly not in Tokyo. There will be in the other venues up in um, uh, Sapporo where some of the football is, uh, in Miyagi where some of the football is, and uh, I think in Pashman. And some of the aquatic events um, uh, down to the south of Tokyo uh, as well. But, yeah, the main stadium, there'll be no one there, which is a shame. Um, but uh, you, you probably picked up on a little bit of the, the mood and the atmosphere back in Australia that people don't really want the games um, going ahead in in this time. So yeah, it's, it's a conflicted state of affairs in, in the capital that's busy uh, here when you're here. But if you're watching um, outside, you, you think the streets are, 
are as deserted as they are in the in the stadium, but that's certainly not the case. Yeah, uh, I think we've heard it all before, but strange, strange times, especially over there at the moment. Have you got any restrictions at all other than like not being able to attend sporting events and big events, but any restrictions day-to-day life? No, I mean, well, there, there's um, there's recommendations from the government. Japan is a, is a rather um, curious kind of corona that um, there seems to be a, a, a vampiric uh, form of the disease where um, apparently it only comes out at 8 o'clock at night. So the government... <laughs> um, uh, encourages uh, shops to close at eight o'clock. Uh, eight o'clock. Stop selling alcohol an hour before that. And they'd like people to be off the streets, um, but it's fairly futile. So what they've done is, you know, a lot of the bars uh, and restaurants are, are actually closing, but that's just created a, a kind of mob of um, street parties. So it's, um, I think it's probably more problematic. All these, all these people out and back. Because the other thing is, of course, it's summer here and it's, um, it's unbelievably hot and humid. Anyone that's been in North Asia at this time of year knows i think it was 34 35 uh today and, and the humidity is the real different thing to australia so people want to be outside and um i think a lot I mean, of course people are adhering to to these guidelines uh, as i said non-enforceable but uh, a lot of people are just going yeah to hell with it we'll we'll go outside and we'll have um, a couple of beers from the convenience store which is a cheaper option uh, anyway so there's no legally uh enforceable restrictions in place um to to answer your question, um, and and in many ways, uh, you wouldn't certainly in the daytime. It, it's basically life as usual. Um, uh, the, the football here um, still has fans going to the games. It's it's now down to five thousand uh, in Tokyo, but um, ten thousand at other venues across the country. So I, I believe the baseball does uh, as well. So you know you can go to you can go to cinemas. You can spend time, like I said, shoulder to shoulder with all the employees of uh, Toshiba and uh, Nissan and Mitsubishi uh, in the daytime, but you you can't um, have a beer uh, inside uh, after 8 o'clock and you can't go to watch the Olympics. So it's a curious uh, state of affairs all around. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I, I remember uh, being in Japan myself just before COVID really kind of completely took over uh, 2019, 2020, uh, kind of December, January period. And even as a tourist, you could feel a sense of excitement about the Olympics. Every street corner had some kind of poster. Um, it was just kind of, yeah, you could feel the excitement uh, in the air, even, uh, what, six months out then. Um, so is there still a sense of excitement at all now, or is it just kind of um, not dread, I suppose, but kind of disappointment that it's going ahead and anger? Well, I think there's a sentiment that, um, yeah, that a large majority of the people don't want it to go ahead because, um, you know, as there has been in Australia, there's been issues with the vaccine uh, rollout here, and probably even slower than Australia, to be honest. Um, there's uh, there's concerns around medical staff being um, seconded to work on the Olympics. Um, they basically need to be on standby. There's been, um, I think, already dozens and dozens of cases um, of, of athletes, media, other personnel bring in uh, some form of this um, uh, virus into Japan that hasn't helped, and and then there's been all these scandals. Um, really, for the past year, I mean, the former um, head of the organising committee had to step down over sexist remarks that he made. Um, uh, just last month, we had the the guy who composed the um, uh, Olympic tune have to step down after some bizarre comments that he admitted to. Um, uh, when he was in school, um, all, all sorts of um, bullying uh, activities, and then um, just yesterday, the the, he, um, the director of the opening and closing ceremonies also was forced to um, uh, to resign after some weird. Um, he was a former comedian, some weird anti 
Semitic comments that he made. There was another um, creative director who who came up with an idea to dress um, an over-sized um, model up as a pig and call her the Olympic, um, and, and, and that came out as well. So there's all these um, really, uh, yeah, really kind of um, terrible um, scandals that have been brewing um, around the games that right to the very core of the competition itself. So you factor that in, you factor the fact that, that nobody can go and, and watch it, um, the the cases are, are on the increase. I think there was 1,500 cases just in Tokyo yesterday of the virus. Um, so you've got um, all, all that and, and all these kind of scandals um, factored into it. So, you know, I mean, I, I can tell you from the people that are around me now, no one's discussing the, um, you know, the javelin or the, um, or the, or the um, you know, 10-metre rifle or something like that. So, you know, there, there will be, of course, some interest in the bigger events, um, uh, obviously, the football, um, uh, baseball, which is popular, and, and the events that the Japanese themselves are in. But the discussion um, in the media here, you know, on um, on news online, in this is one of the few countries that still has um, evening newspapers, by the way, in um, in newspapers um, uh, as well, is um, is all about the, really the scandals um, that have been going on um, around the games, rather than the things themselves. And and it actually kicked off yesterday. There were softball games yesterday, there was football yesterday um, and today as well. And there's a whole um, host of things tomorrow as well. So there's not so much talk, um, yeah, about the games, about the the competition um, and the sports. And there's certainly no no festive mood on the street that they're hosting this thing. Um, There's festive mood on on the street just because it's summer and people want to get outside. (laughs) And there's girls dressed up uh, in some strange costumes over here, Harper. I'll show you behind my thing. So I don't don't think they're into... um, yeah, into the javelin either. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there, there's certainly no there's no Olympic buzz, but but there's um yeah there's confusion. Um, I think anger and disappointment that it is going ahead. And your own opinion? Do you think it should be going ahead? I'm, in one way, it's not for me to say because I'm not Japanese. So it's uh, it's an issue for for the local people themselves. Um, I, I think personally, I think the most sensible thing would have been just to push it back four years to have not nothing. In, 2020 and um and just pick it up after that this becomes 2024 wherever 2024 was becomes 28 and and so on you shuffle i mean you know we've seen we've seen with other uh, sporting events uh you know the asian champions league that was on recently where the teams that came back from uzbekistan with all these cases as well and there has been cases here there will be cases here so yeah i mean personally i don't think it's the ideal time to be having um any sort of you know global jamboree um <laughs> and, uh, and and you know particularly with the you know the background to it where uh, you know if, if yeah if health health professionals are being taken away from the local people and you know put in the exclusive service of um, IOC members it's probably not the right um, situation to be in uh, at this point in history either. Mm. Now, I just uh, do, before we wrap up, I do want to talk a bit about the sport because uh, it is a big sporting event. That's what everyone knows it for. Um, of course, people are going to know you for your football, your soccer, journalism, whatever you want to call it. But apart from the football, uh, what's the big event you're kind of looking forward to watching on your TV? I'd like to see the host nation do well. So um, obviously the sports um, that they would traditionally do well in, judo, karate is in this tournament. And and some of the newer sports as well, um, skateboarding, which Japan should also um, do quite well in. Um, uh, the, the climbing event, I'm not quite sure uh, about the rules or whatnot about that, but um, that's one to look forward to uh, as well. And, yeah, as you said, obviously, you know, for me, I'm a football guy, um, you know, as, as you are and probably a lot of your audiences. So, 
I'd love to see Australia uh, do well, starting things um, uh, shortly. You know, we, we saw the Matildas do well in their opening match. Um, I think, you know, if you look at some of the, the, the players that other nations have sent, it's probably not as strong as it could be. I mean, you know, France are always going to be France, but it's, um, it's a France light uh, in many ways. Um, and and uh, I, I saw Argentina play um, in, a, in a couple of warm-up matches here uh, earlier this year, and they looked, um, you know, dreadful. The, the Dandenong under-12s wouldn't have beat them. So, um, <laughs> so I, th- I think there's hope that, uh, yeah, the, the, both the men's and women's can do well in the football. And it's the Olympics, right? So you just want to see uh, sports that you don't get to see. I mean, I want to see, you know, fencing. Um, uh, I, I want to see, um, I don't know if you know this story, there, there was a, a weightlifter from Uganda, um, who absconded yeah. upon arrival and he was on the run for a, yeah. <laughs> for a couple of days. So um, I, I don't know if he's coming back and competing now. Um, that would be an amazing thing to see. So yeah, the, the sports that we don't see are, are obviously of interest, but it's a weird thing because I'm here in the host city, but um, you know, you can't really get uh, too close to the stadium and you certainly can't get into any events outside of those ones that are far, far away from Tokyo. So uh, it, it's a bizarre um, uh, feeling. I almost can't tell if I'm not back in Australia watching uh, on Australian TV, maybe the standard of commentary is a little bit um, poorer here and slightly more difficult for me to understand in Japanese. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, you know, I don't get a sense really that, yeah, that, that I'm here um, or in Australia, which is a bizarre state of affairs as well. Yeah, and I know um, they, they had invested so much money, poured so much cash into building the Olympic Stadium and it's like basically all gone down the drain. It's Really, it's really tragic. Really, and thinking deeply about it. But as we've said, the times we're living in now, I can't really do too much about it. Um, but of course, yeah. uh, you, you would have been alive for Sydney two thousand. Uh, I'm not sure if you've yeah. went there or kind of experienced much of it. But is this kind of your first experience yeah. being in the city of Olympics? Yeah, no, I remember um, Sydney, and um, yeah, I think it was a different um, vibe. I mean, it, you know, even obviously I've been to a lot of football um, tournaments and, and major ones at that around the world, and and you get a real sense of, you know, I mean, more than the sport itself in some ways, the it's the people, it's the fans that you have coming, and that's something that that we don't have here because uh, I actually passed someone with an accreditation just before, and I got the shock of my life. <laughs> it's like because foreigners <laughs> haven't been able to come into Japan for months and you know it's it's a weird thing seeing because obviously Tokyo is a, a major tourist city and, and now you see predominantly Japanese faces so yeah to see a foreigner with an accreditation I thought what the hell is going on here um <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a weird thing so I think I think it's that atmosphere and, and vibe that that is probably the most disappointing thing um you know it's the fans that and, and obviously fans at Olympics are different to fans at football but it's the fans that bring that bring that energy bring that vibrancy bring the party atmosphere and um yeah there's there's none of it so that's why i said you you don't really get the sense that that you're in the middle of this um you know major uh, sporting event which is a shame uh, even you touch on the stadium you know there's all sorts of scandals with the construction of that they had to scrap the original plans and rebuild it again um obviously you know it's going to be used for football and and other events um as um as it continues but yeah the, the amount of money that's um that's going to be lost by by the Japanese taxpayer is extreme, and and for now, uh, an event that yeah most of them don't want. It, it's a really strange um, series of events, but we've seen a lot of strange events over the past uh, two years. So this is just one that we have to get through, try and enjoy what we can uh, on TV. Hope there's no more scandals. I saw there was someone um, arrested for cocaine. Um, 
You say yeah. yes, say an equestrian from uh, yeah, provisionally uh, suspended you, Jamie Kermont. Yeah. What do you what do you call an equestrian? Is that what they're called in equestrian? Um, uh, show jumper, I think. I think that's what you a call show jumper. Yeah. 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 So a show uh, jumper. So hopefully there's no more of these cases. Mm, yeah, well, fingers crossed, but uh, I, I wouldn't put it uh, past the kind of world at the moment for something crazy to happen uh, in a couple of days from now even. But uh, just before we wrap you, up, Scott, you, I'd love you, to talk you don't to you. Pick, you don't pick show jumpers as, um, as uh, recreational drug users, though. Very, very true, very true. It, yeah, that was a really strange yeah. story, wasn't it? But, yeah, that I guess a strange story always comes around at some point in the Olympics. But, um, yeah, honestly, Scott, I'd love to talk to you kind of all day about this stuff. It's uh, been a blast. But just quickly before we go, uh, can you tell people where they can find your work? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do a lot of stuff on football, on Asian football with the Asian Games podcast. We have a website as well. So, yeah, if you want to um, learn a little bit more about Asian football, obviously the biggest – uh, confederation in the world. We hope all, all the um, Asian teams do well in, in the football area in the Olympics as well. And there's so many great stories uh, in Asia, so much passion around the game, so much colour, uh, so much talent, uh, coaching talent, playing talent, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we try and uh, just shine a, a little bit of a light on what's happening right across the continent. So, yeah, we'd love to have you listen to the podcast, The Asian Game, um, or, or come and read some of the, the stuff on the website, the, the Asian Game, uh, .net as well. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity and, and look forward to... Um, talking to you uh, some more uh, over the coming days. Yeah, uh, just for the listeners, uh, couldn't recommend the Asian Game podcast and the website highly enough. Uh, if you're a football fan or even if you're not a football fan, you just kind of want to expand your horizons in sport, really uh, give, it a, um, give it a look. And, yeah, thanks very much, Scott. Look forward to catching up later on. Thanks, Tarpa. Cheers. Geez, Harps, that was an absolute ripper. Thanks so much for jumping on, Scotty. I absolutely love that. And I can't wait to hear you more throughout the games and our other correspondence. That was absolutely awesome. Mm, yeah, uh, thanks very much again for your time, Scott. It was a great little chat. But just before we go, uh, throughout every day throughout our Tokyo, Tokyo Daily series, we are going to have a bit of a question of the day for all our listeners, our viewers, everyone, our followers, and for ourselves, of course. We're going to post it up on our socials, but first, we are going to answer it here. So, I'm going to put this forward to you guys. A very very general one. You can open-ended answer. What is your favorite Olympic moment ever? Jackson, do you want to go first? Well, I... I Obviously, misread this question. Um, I didn't go my favorite Olympic moment ever, but my favorite Olympic memory um, was watching Steve Hooker in the 2008 Olympics. Oh, I remember yes. I was probably about 10, as as Lockie mentioned before. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't have had the TV on. I, I reckon I turned the TV on just as he was going and him to get a gold medal in the 2008 Beijing Olympics, jumping a, a vault of 5.96 meters. It was pretty amazing to watch. Uh, Lucky? Yeah, yeah. So I thought about this question long and hard. And as you boys know, I'm a massive history buff. And I also absolutely <laughs> love a story of somebody showing up their father. So for mine, it had to be uh, Hercules in the first ever Olympic Games. You know, he oh, put on classic. an absolute <laughs> clinic, the chariot racing, the sprinting, just everything. And his dad was watching up in Olympus Zeus. And I just think Hercules showed that he was the, uh, the best at the game. So I don't think anybody can forget that moment. That was uh, simply phenomenal. Harps. We're, talk, we're talking about 2,000 years later, so it's absolutely uh, one to remember, unforgettable stuff. And yeah, I'd, none of us are really going for a, going for a moment, but you, you guys, uh, people who want to answer this question themselves can go for a moment or just a general memory or a performance throughout the games, which is what I've done. 
I'm going to talk a little bit uh, to you about the great Shane Gould. Have you guys heard of Shane Gould? Nah, man. I haven't heard of Shane Gould. Well, I think uh, we're, we're definitely a demographic and a um, kind of in the age bracket, a bit below old uh, Shane. She's a woman, of course. Uh, so she was actually born in Sydney on the first day of competition in the, uh, of the 1956 Games in Melbourne. Just 15 years, uh, when she was 15 years old in 1972, she went to the Munich Games. She won three gold medals as a 15-year-old, 200-meter freestyle, 400-meter freestyle, and the 200-meter medley, uh, won a bronze and a silver as well, uh, just to kind of ice the cake, I guess. And she set a world record in gold medal, all three of her gold medal races, still the only person to ever hold every world freestyle record. It is just absolutely nuts. Um, I could just list off all the records she had. First swimmer, male or female, to win Olympic medals in five individual events in a single Olympics. And uh, But kind of the story took a bit of a turn uh, when she retired from competitive swimming straight after that Olympics just because the media pressure and uh, the kind of weight on her shoulders was just way too much. She came back to Masters uh, swimming a decade later, absolutely smashed it. Legendary woman, legendary athlete, the great Shane Gould Lockie. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome, Harps. It's good to see that you can still use Wikipedia. So, yeah, I just absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love a bit of uh, Wikipedia over here. Jackson, anything else before we go? No, not really. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm hoping to be on a few more episodes during this month. So uh, go Aussies. Mm, exactly. Uh, Lockie, anything else? Just thanks for listening and hopefully you'll stick around for the ride. Yeah, uh, remember to uh, subscribe and like and do everything you can to support the show, support the podcast. You know what all those things are. Five-star review would be great as well. We'll see you tomorrow as we will every other day during the games for another Tokyo Daily by Where Do We Begin. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) 